about that brotherly and otherly love motherly love is just the thing for you you know your mother's gonna love you till you don't know what to do i wish i had a kazoo i, I wish i planned this ahead of time <laughs> so happy mother's day this is the special mother's day edition of crush on radio with all of our picks will be through with people who have had mothers that's that's our 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 theme. And this, so um, whew. yeah, it's good to be back on a schedule, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mother's Day and music and stuff. Um, I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mothers making music. indeed, as did the mothers. Yeah, should have joined the mothers. <laughs> so let's get right down to it because we got a action packed show today. I think. <laughs> I'm going to take the lead on this one, if you don't mind. All right, my, we're going to talk about our picks this week, and my pick this week is Chick, 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 or also known as Bang, 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 or Eh, 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 or any sort of one-syllable sound repeated three times. Uh, or those ungoogleable wankers. <laughs> actually, I think Googleable, Google has uh, made it so you can actually Google them now. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, the, their name is written out as three exclamation points. Uh, so it's uh the common pronunciation, except that the default pronunciation is chick chick chick, and um they just put out a new album uh, a couple weeks ago called um <sighs> thread chick chick chicker or th- chick chick chicker whatever. It's filled with exclamation points instead of the i and the l's. But I didn't pick that album, because it's an okay album, but I thought, since they put a new album, I'd pick my favorite album by them, and that is the album Woundin' Up Now from 2004. Um, so let's hear a little bit about from the, the big song from that one, and that is Me and Giuliani, Down by the Schoolyard, A True Story. <laughs> Chick 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 back in the early 2000s when they put out their their first album, which I believe was a self-titled album, no less. And, yep. And I thought they were pretty good, but when they put out their second album, Loudin' Up Now, I was really impressed, especially with the the song Me and Giuliani Down by the Schoolyard. And, um, you know, it's a combination of really great dance punk, really great uh, high-energy stuff with some political consciousness. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, of all the things they've done over the years, it's my personal favorite. So I figure if I'm going to introduce somebody to Chick Chick Chick, let's start with the high point. And I, I've said my case. Let's hear what you guys have to say. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> um, I it's thought it was a game good. of chicken. It's always a game of chicken as to, you know, who's going to be the one to talk first. That's true. We should come up with a system or something here on episode. Oh, yeah. We just turned a year old on. recently. I just realized. Woo! Party! I knew I was forgetting something. Okay. Um, back to the album. First of all, what a terrible name for a band. <laughs> like, could you ask for more difficulty in trying to get your name out there? Um, but kudos to them for having the balls to. <laughs> Name themselves after three marks of punctuation. Um, yeah, so I thought this was pretty good. I um, I found it to be kind of similar uh, in the sense of a lot of Rich's picks in the sense that it is kind of dance. I don't know if it, you would consider it. I don't. I think it's a little bit less electronic than than some of Rich's other picks because I'm pretty sure there's a bass guitar in there, which uh, earned some points for me right off the bat. And I thought that it was a little bit more uh, groove oriented than some of uh, Rich's other musical uh, endeavors. So I found um, it as a whole to be quite enjoyable. Hmm. I mean, it's they're, they're, they're a punk band uh, at heart. Uh, they've got guitars and bass, and there's some horns there, I think. Um, yeah, their first album has got a lot of horns when uh, they got toned down and later stuff. But yeah, yeah, when, yeah. They, when, I, when they say... when. When I say dance punk, I mean, you know, play up the punk side of things. They're not like LCD sound system. They're, you know, a, a punk band. Right. And I like that. Nice to hear real instruments instead of all synthesizers. Okay. No offense. <laughs> mm. okay. So, yeah, I figured I'd change it up a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, try to, I do recommend the new album if you dug this, but uh, it, it's it's not my favorite by them by any stretch, but it's pretty solid stuff. Yeah, this If this is an A, that's a, that's a B minus. Thriller is a B minus. Yeah, I think we can just like decide to, to call the new record Thriller because you know otherwise it's just even worse than calling your band Chick Chick Chick. <laughs> and how do you get Chick out of an exclamation point? I I don't know, but again, it's 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 the canonical pronunciation. But the band officially has you can pronounce the band's name with any three single syllables, <clears throat> like that. Yes. I think they should be sharp syllables too. They said, didn't it? Uh, possibly. So okay, you know, yeah. uh, it's a sharp syllable. Percussive. It's, it's like so we're not like bloop, 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 bloop. It's, that's more woody. Well, you know, all tinny, tinny, tinny syllables. It's very no. Um, this can. <laughs> it's a nice woody sound. This concludes the uh, obligatory Monty Python reference of the day. <laughs> we're nerds. Um. So yeah, chick, chick, chick. Uh, you know, something that's got like that clicky kind of percussive sound. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> I hope that's not your opinion of the album, though, Matt. Actually, no, no, no. It, uh, it, it's my opinion of their band name, <laughs> which I, I think it's sort of like I think every I think I think I think the whole world is united in in like the like you know three exclamation points is like a a shitty pretentious band name that you know someone should have smacked them for. <laughs> Although I guess it is memorable, so hey, you know. Uh, I think actually, uh, Sun yep. O is a worse band name because it's got the it's the actual name has those is just Sun, sun yeah. and then the O with the the the, the like the way like the sound coming away from it, like it's then it's a really it's based off of a speaker company, right? But logo. you can't type it out, right, right, right. And like if you don't know that it's just Sun, you're gonna call him Sun O because. Well, that's how it's spelled, you know. I didn't know there was oh, just called oh, well. Sun. I thought it was Sun O. No, no, the O is silent. Just because, like, like the the speaker company is 
is spelled the same way, except that the O is a solid dot because it's, you know, a sun emitting sounds. You know, it's, it's the logo part, you know. And they said, that's an awesome name for our band. And we're going to transliterate it that way. And yeah. So I'm not hipster enough for this shit. Yeah, I... <laughs> I haven't really listened to much Sun, but they, they seem okay, you know, in a very, very, very noisy way. I, I've heard that they're kind of like disaster area levels of noise, so, like, in loudness. But anyway. Chick, 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 like, chick. Yeah, chick, chick, chick. Yes, because, yes, that's what we're talking about. And to be honest, I've never really sat down much with chick, chick, chick. Like, I've I've heard um, me and Juliani, of course, just, or Giuliani, of course, just because <laughs> that one's kind of, well, it's everywhere as like some nine minute hipster, you know, dance punk single can be, <laughs> which, you know, surprisingly gets around. But but yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's one where I, I enjoyed it. I, it's one like it, it's better than I ex- pardon. It's better than I expected it would be. But I don't know if I was still quite sold. Like, I think I need to spend more time with it. But I think part of it is that there did seem to be a bit of sprawl to the album. Like I, I think it was a little bit on the long side. Like I ended up like um, cutting it after uh, like before the bonus track, the instrumental version of a uh, shit, shy summer day or Baird. Yeah. That, 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 it's one of those bonus yeah. tracks. that really isn't necessary. I'll give you that. I'm just, I agree. Yeah, I, I, we're going to have some talking when it comes to album length shortly. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that's, that's, it's not so much a penalty track as it is just unnecessary, but you know, I'm obsessive completionist guy, so. Oh yeah. And I, I can totally dig that vibe. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, I mean, if, if I had been, and it could have been true that I just wasn't in the right mood too. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, if I had been like totally into it, I would have been like, fuck yeah, bonus track. Yeah. And as it is, I was like, sort of like, uh, I'll, I'll listen to this, this bonus track later. It's sort of like, yeah, I mean, Shit Scheiße Merd is a, it's, it's a good song. I mean, I'm not knocking it, but it's sort of like, I was sort of like, I, I was ready for the album to be done at that point. And so I said, I made an executive decision to, uh, end it at the proper album indie point. Yeah. Uh, but, but in general, I liked it. You know, I'm not, you know, I am not anti chick chick. Just a name. And I have yeah. to point <laughs> out, I mean, I know you guys didn't dig Perubu, but there's a cool reference to 30 seconds over Tokyo at the start of, uh, oh, what's the song? Um, uh, I think it's The King's Weed. Yeah, it's a... Mm. Bow, 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 bow. So, that, every time I hear that, it just makes me smile, because, hey, these guys have good taste. In mm-hmm. my opinion. It's, it's, it's always a nice thing when you get that kind of shout-out like that to another band that you dig. It's sort of like, yay! You don't listen to stuff that sucks. Indeed. <laughs> So we we better get to Andrew's pick because I think we've got a lot to talk about there. Mm. Okay. So uh, my pick this week is a album that I mentioned. I think it was on our last episode many moons ago. Um, and oh, you meant you have seen it a couple uh, times. Have I? Yeah, I think so. Because hmm. I know um, we had our little hiatus type thing, and then I mentioned it when we came back. But anyway, not important. So my uh, pick for this week is The 2020 Experience by a man named Justin Timberlake. And um, What's his name again? I, 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 don't, I, I don't know this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's just some kind of like indie, super indie artist from the Connecticut scene. I mean, I, I don't understand. Yes, he is from the underground dance, metal, electronica, punk scene 
of Central Connecticut. Um, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> but anyway, avant, uh, avant jazz core with a touch of uh, hip hop and bluegrass. He's actually a free jazz trombonist, um, <laughs> also known as one of the original five members of the boy band in sync. Uh, but anyway, uh, so this is his new album that just came out this year. And uh, the track that I chose was the lead off track, which is entitled Push Her Love Girl. And we can play that for the folks now. I can always see the farthest stars when I'm on you. So I've been, I think I, I don't know when this came out. It came out a couple of months ago, I think at this point. And this has been a big source of inner conflict for me because I downloaded, I heard that it was coming out, you know, it was a big deal that this album was coming out, new Justin Timberlake album, woohoo, everybody's freaking out, and I don't listen to very much pop music in general. Um, I'll put on some Michael Jackson records, you know, on a semi-regular basis, but but that's about it. Um, and so I just ended up buying this record on iTunes on a whim, and spend some time with it and at first i kind of only really liked a handful of tracks like push your love girl from the beginning is um really hooked me <clears throat> i think it's it's really it's produced by a guy named timbaland timbaland i don't know um yeah, and i think he does a <laughs> i think he does a good job um because the, the album has a very smooth it's it is super polished and it sounds good you know as far as pop albums go in my opinion um but I only really liked Push Your Love Girl. I liked Suit and Tie, despite the, the Jay-Z breakdown that seemingly has nothing to do with the song. And uh, Strawberry Bubblegum. But the rest of the songs, even Mirrors, which is the big second single, uh, didn't really do much for me. Um, but I played those those other three tracks uh, quite a bit and enjoyed them. But the rest of it kind of seemed to be sort of shallowless or shallow um, pop without a lot of depth. To Spaceship Coop! Spaceship Coop. <laughs> Um, but since then, More like spaceship poop, <laughs> but since then I've come to really enjoy most of the album as a whole. There's still some annoying parts like, um, tunnel vision is fairly annoying and, uh, you know, let the groove get in. I don't think that needs to be seven minutes long, but there, there are a couple of things. I mean, there's actually a lot that I, we could talk about here. The first being, uh, the notion that, well, on a more superficial level that the tracks are very long as far as a pop record goes. And to a certain degree, I think that a lot of, like Push Your Love Girl even, uh, is pretty much two versions of the same song. There's like a very clear first half of the song and then second half of the song. And that's true for most of the long tracks, um, which is, you know, I mean, it's fine, I suppose. And I find most of the, the long tracks to be listenable from, from start to finish. Uh, but I think it does kind of add some I'm sensing that you guys didn't enjoy this, which is totally fine because I didn't think that I would. Um, but I think that the the long tracks do kind of add some a little bit of depth, if not just terms of physical length, uh, do kind of add some depth to the album in the sense that they are not just three minute um, pop tracks and singles. They there's you know these are long um, musical works, and I think that, that kind of kind of adds a little bit. Uh, 
to it. And I actually haven't listened to the bonus tracks that Matt that Matt provided, but uh, but yeah. So why don't we t- we can talk about the track lengths first, I guess. I don't yeah. ramble for too well, long. Well, that, that's actually, that's actually my main complaint. Um, I mean, this is the, mm-hmm. the this is the second you know, episode in the row where you picked an album that kind of tried my patience. <laughs> what I do, uh, Kurt got Kurt Vile. Oh, yeah. Kurt Vile. Which, <clears throat> oh yeah, too long. Uh, I remember thinking that a lot of lot of long tracks. This yeah, year. I mean. Kurt Vile was a brilliant 45-minute record trapped in an hour, 10-minute record. This is a brilliant 35-minute album trapped in an hour, 10-minute album. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. But, I mean, th- those 35 brilliant minutes are absolutely brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not counting Spaceship Coop in that, by the way, because Spaceship Coop... <laughs> I actually have come to really enjoy Spaceship Coop. It's You're fired. Little, I mean, it's, you know, how much how much depth can you really get in a pop album by Justin Timberlake? But I think it, you know... I'm sorry, but th- those are some of the bit. dumbest lyrics ever recorded. Yeah, they're a little cheesy. Well, the thing is, is like, I mean, I don't know. Have you guys heard um, the uh, Future Sex Love Sounds album? I, I haven't. Okay. Like, the thing is, like, that makes me, you know, like, be okay more or less with, like, Spaceship Coop existing is that, like, both albums have this like big massive turd in the middle like uh this one has you know spaceship coop uh especially the the fucking like beep, beep, things in the background especially near the end like i hate that but and then future sex love sounds had that um god fucking awful will i am track so uh you didn't need to say so god figured, fucking awful you just need to say will i am track <laughs> yeah so i kind of figure that you know it you know, taking a dump in the middle of the album is kind of Justin Timberlake's thing, but his modus operandi. Yeah, but the thing is, is I mean, like other otherwise though, you know, like both of them are surprisingly good records. Hmm. Yeah, I might have to give that one a chance. Um, I I have a bias. I had a bias against it just simply because you know Justin Timberlake and wait, was he in <clears throat> NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys? NSYNC. I'm kind of scared that you both did that at the same time, and <laughs> that's pretty public knowledge. I. I I made it. I couldn't name. I don't think I could name a name of the Backstreet Boys. I, I made it a, a an absolute point when those two bands were things to simply as have as little contact with that music as possible. Yeah. Um. Well, I have a younger sister, so that's pretty unavoidable okay. for me. Yeah, I'm the youngest child, so I'm. You know, don't have to worry about that. Um. I, I watched a lot of Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon, you know, just because I'm an animation geek. So I, I got kind of inundated it with it, like TV mm. ads and shit. Yeah, so, you know, you know, I have no idea. I, 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 um, you know, the names. I just, I know he was in one of those and he did that thing with thing and the Janet Jackson thing and, uh, you know, boob. The titty that, that, uh, ruined yeah. the world. Um, <laughs> from which we have never recovered. Man. And, um, you know, so I do, I, Pusher Love Girl is really good. I mean, my, I love the heck out of that suit and tie song. Even, I can even deal with the Jay Z breakdown, though. Mm. In fact, I don't even remember it. I think yeah. my brain just, like, skipped over it so yeah that i mean my uh friend of mine is a a diehard jay-z fan and even he said that, that is not a great example of jay-z's work but i love that piano riff that twirls its way through the mm-hmm. whole thing i mean when when this album is really good it's really good when it's mm-hmm. when it's yes. well the worst moment is spaceship coop but uh when it's not so good it's like <sighs> I'll, I'll i'll uh i'll share an experience i had listening to uh strawberry bubblegum Wow, this song is really good. Mm-hmm. This song is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, working on some stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, wait, yeah. is this still the same song? Is this song still yeah. on? Oh yeah, it is the same. Song. Holy shit, this yeah. song is long. <laughs> and I had that same basic experience a couple times listening to the record. It's like, mm-hmm. whoa. 
And yeah, the, the shortest track is like what four forty eight. Yeah. Think. Yep. Now, how long is Spaceship Coop? Seven seventeen. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, strawberry bubblegum is one of my favorites. I like the hey 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 part. I yeah, I like strawberry bubblegum too. Like uh, for me, like kind of that one, um, the aforementioned Pusher Love Girl and Mirrors are like really phenomenal, like really good tracks. Mm. And I mean, I love um, Timbaland's production on it too because I mean, it really has this its own kind of retro feel and. I mean, like, uh, Future Sex Love Sounds had a little bit of that, like, mm-hmm. but I mean, it was a little bit more modern where, um, 2020, um, is even more throwbacky. Yeah. Like, and it's almost sort of like a, um, almost like a, a crooner kind of record. And, mm-hmm. and I mean that in a, in a good way. I mean, I mean, Mirrors is obviously like pretty rocking. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, that one's like pretty much like a little bit of an odd man out, but it's still, fucking great song i mean it, it really is and but like it's i mean i do like the cohesiveness but i think like like about like almost all the songs could be like razored in half and have like a really tight great album instead of an album that's has like lots of really good moments but ends up being kind of exhausting because it's sort of like okay get the point now <laughs> you know it's and and then you have like you know like I like I mean we keep harping on it but um spaceship coop just it's it's the one track that I mean when it came up honestly like I'm like I was like digging the album until that point and then I was sort of like wait am am I over this album already <laughs> you know is it like, you know is it like oh am I like okay like this is over now I, I've I've wrenched every bit of enjoyment out of it already and yeah and then 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 the rest of the album came on I was like okay no no it was just that track was his requisite dump <laughs> so yeah you do have to drive pretty far to listen to the whole thing in one sitting um, yeah. but i agree that it does have this sort of very kind of polished retro vibe that kind of really fits with the whole like if you look at the album cover i mean the whole tuxedo sort of feeling uh really fits and the the um the, i don't know what you call that the eyeglass machine yeah, thing the, it, yeah the optometrists yeah thingamajigger yeah. yeah what do you like lens one lens two I can't fucking tell. That looks. Stop flipping up so fast. Yeah, that looks. um, I don't know if they still look like that these days, but that looks like it's it's from the the roaring twenties. They they actually kind of do. I've seen some where you know because my vision's completely fucked. Where you know it's all like automatic and mechanical, but you still see like the big fancy ones. You know, it's sort of like if it ain't broke, don't fix it thing. Right. And I agree too. The the record sleeve is awesome. Like that's a, like a really great um, design. I mean, like that that is. I don't know who who designed the record cover, the record sleeve, but they did a outstanding job. Um, it's kind of funny. I, I actually do um, subscribe to Matt, and they've started doing this thing of like you know the cover that we didn't use. And I I honestly I don't know if it's like a real thing or if it's just sort of like an alternate mock up. The editors were kind of thinking about before commissioning the real cover but this this um month's you know cover we didn't use is actually like a mock-up of the album just with like alfred e. newman instead of um just timberlake and i'm like you guys really should have gone with that cover because that one was like isn't a you know it, i mean the it already you know the the original is such great design anyway and the mad version even though it did look kind of like rushed is more of a a sketch rather than a a finished product it you know, it, it's one that I really think would have stood out on like a music, uh, 
a magazine rack, but hmm. you know. <clears throat> what would your guys take be on the claim that Justin Timberlake is the Michael Jackson of this generation? I don't have anything to say to that one at all. Actually, I I don't. I'll say I'll say this. Maybe we can come back to this, but I don't think we're ever going to see another Michael Jackson scope artist. Period. Sure. I don't know. I could see it. I mean, I think the main thing for for me that um really keeps um uh Timberlake from being that is that he's so non prolific. Mm. I mean, Michael Jackson, you know, was putting out you know huge hit records that were actually good or at least had really great singles, like, you know, one every year or two for a, quite a while. And I think this is, what, the third uh, JTL? Solo album, yeah. Yeah. So, like, third, maybe fourth. I know that there's a second half of um, 2020 coming later this Spring, year. So that's going to really? bring like, the uh, yeah. total length to, uh, what, you know, uh, three hours? Something It's, it's like going to be the pop yeah, music and war in peace. Yeah. <laughs> title and, and i'm, I'm kind of wondering if like if you really wanted to you know i mean i of course obviously haven't heard it yet because it hasn't come out and i don't think it's leaked i don't even know if he was actually recorded it yet but hmm. you know it's um you know it's I, i'm wondering if it's going to be one of those things where if you you know edit all of them down you know to you know the more sane lengths if you'll have like one outstanding hour 10 album instead of you know uh you know a a couple of short records that are amazing and with loads and loads of bloat. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I agree with Rich that I don't think that we're ever going to encounter and another Michael Jackson, but I think that that he does have this sort of I mean, the problem with listening to this album for me was at first I had to get over the fact that he was, you know, the, the cute member of InSync for years and years and years. Yeah. But I think like it does I mean, we're what, a decade at, at least, least at least removed from that and it this is it's still a pop, a pop you know dance album which is not my area of expertise but i think it does show a respectable sort of maturity and uh as a pop artist and i think that i also think that his lack of prolificness is kind of uh interesting in the fact that i think it says on the wikipedia page that like he didn't after what is it future sex love sounds is what it's called yeah. Uh, after that came out, you know, there was this deliberate long gap between albums so that he could do the acting thing and, um, which made this record, you know, very highly anticipated. And I think that it is a, I don't, I'm trying not to use the word epic anymore, but I feel like it is sort of a, a very broad, deep, epic, um, pop record. And I think that if he had been putting out albums every 18 months, you know, it would be less of a big deal um, and would have less of the sort of grandiosity uh, that this album does, you know, because the new JT album is, you know, a big, big deal because it's been 70 years since he put out Future Sex Love Sounds, despite the success of that album. <clears throat> I mean, this is a whole different whole area outside of my expertise as well. So I don't I don't really know what to say, but yeah. I, I liked me too. I liked about 35 minutes of this album. Um, actually, probably like more than that. But I mean, there's. The, the the good songs are really really good the uh, push your love girl sorbet bubble gum suit and tie so mm -hmm. i mean thank you yeah. for picking I like this because I, I never would have probably gotten mm -hmm. around to checking it out otherwise yeah it's definitely worth listening to i mean if anything just for the uh, i don't i don't know just for the just for the sake yeah. of listening to it just to check it ignorance out i like blue is not considered cool what is it ignorance of your culture is not considered cool that kind of yeah. thing yeah 
Yeah, I mean it's it's fairly significant in the in the it's definitely it's hugely significant in the pop realm right now. And that was the thing that was conflicting me also is that this I'm I strongly associate the kind of music that I or somebody listens to as being strongly representative of their identity. And so I was very conflicted that if somebody went to my if you go to my last FM page in the past two months, you're gonna see a whole lot of Justin Timberlake. You know. <laughs> but it's you know, good music yeah, is good music. I mean everyone's got their guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we we might want to revisit that actually. Uh, okay, yeah, we're we're running a little long here. We have gotta switch to talking about Matt's track, Matt, Matt Matt's pick. Okay, well, I, I think it's worth it though, because I mean, yeah. I think you know, like you know, I mean, Justin Timberlake is, you know, he's he's an event. You know, when I when he puts out a record, it is an event. You know, yeah. so I I think it's I think it's very a, a fair cop that we you know spend a lot of time. Talking yeah, it's not about like any of the other members so. of Instinct are doing anything. Oh yeah, totally. And he is, you know. Well, well, the 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 one is like the Joey Fat one has been in a lot of like ro- robot chicken sketches. <laughs> yeah, and he does, you know, he is multifaceted. I mean, I have not hated him in in movies that he's been in, and you know, so. Well, he and I mean, he actually does seem like a good guy. You know, I mean, he mm-hmm. he he's I I he seems self aware and that he you know is willing to make fun of himself as well. You know. Yeah. And I think, you know, he has the the respect and the clout in the music industry to, you know, to get the support of like a Jay-Z or or a producer like Timberland, who I guess is good. <laughs> we we can debate that one, but, uh, d- but, but my only experience with this production is this album, so. Mm-hmm. Me too. He's done a lot of stuff with like Missy Elliott too, like uh, Get Your Freak oh, okay. On and shit like that. So. Wax Fang? <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, my pick this week is um, La La Land by Wax Fang. Um, and my, uh, basically, um, I, I don't know if this is, if you guys even watch the show, but, um, I, I have probably the, the least brag worthy, <laughs> um, um, exposure, you know, to, um, Wax Fang ever, which is, uh, they, um, like their song Majestic was in the middle of, uh, last week's episode of American Dad. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like, Holy shit! This is a really great song, and I I didn't know anything about it. Um, like I I wasn't sure if it was a um song that had been written for the show or if you know if or it was like some seventies like AM radio classic that somehow, despite being in radio and a huge music nerd who you know has like this like stupid like knowledge of singles even if i don't even really like them you know <laughs> like that i somehow missed and then it ended up uh the av club when they reviewed the episode said that it was oh it's um wax fang it, the song is called majestic it's from the album la la land and i was like oh and then someone in the credits or the um comment section posted a link to the full song because they only did about two minutes of it in the episode because it's a five minute or five and change minute song and um I went and listened to it and I was like, oh, this is really good. And I listened to it again. And I was like, this is really good. I went to iTunes and I bought the record. And about halfway through the record, mainly on the track um, Cannibal Summer, which is also amazingly good, I end up going, okay, I need the rest of their stuff right now. And so I went there went and bought their other records and EPs and shit. So, um, yeah, so I, it, I, like I say, you know, like, you know, I was watching a Seth MacFarlane cartoon and I got into this band <laughs> Is probably kind of a weird thing to say, but if it's if it's any um, consolation, I mean, American Dad is the best of the McFarlane 
Empire, mainly because I think Seth MacFarlane doesn't have jack shit to do with the show anymore. And mm-hmm. tell you the truth, I don't even know if he even did a voice in that episode. <laughs> so yeah, because it was kind of a weird episode about Jeff Fisher, but whatever. But anyway, though, so I I was like kind of like, oh, holy shit. And so I basically ended up like picking the this uh very same record for my pick that that week because it was like before I was trying to figure out what I'd pick and what I'd pick and what I'd pick and then this one basically fell in my lap and I was like, oh shit, yes. So yeah, um we're gonna hear a little bit of that very song that turned me onto it that was in the uh episode of American Dad last week, uh called Majestic. So let's um hear a little bit of that right now. By the way, speaking of Family Guy um, and Seth MacFarlane and stuff, um, I know you probably don't listen to the Anaka Walmanac, but, uh, uh, well, Matt, but... Easy was that? Exactly. Uh, there's a podcast on 5x5 Five by, Five by the brilliant technology writer, Andy Anako, and two oh, yeah, weeks okay. ago, he did a, like a solo Q&A show, and one of the things was he talked about why he doesn't like Family Guy, and it was very interesting listening. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I used to like Family Guy. Um, I do still watch it, but I get so fucking sick of the quote unquote jokes that are basically yeah, like the, the you know, our racism is ironic. <laughs> yeah, you got to listen to the Yanaka Walmanak episode then. Um, cool. uh, <clears throat> what episode is that, Rich? Do you have it? I do not, but it was the one before the one that just came out. So 67? Uh, I think so. God is... Long-awaited all listeners' yeah. questions episode. Yeah, I don't listen to the Knock on Almanac because I mostly find him to be insufferable. But uh, <laughs> different. But I will huff deaf that episode. Different strokes. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I for me, it's like that's the thing. I mean, like I think like American Dad is the one with that actually has like the most heart and soul. And I mean, there's like a few of the you know we're edgy kind of joke, but they usually end up actually landing where. You know, Family Guy has gotten so, so lazy. It's just basically, you know, you know, remember that time I saw an Asian guy? Ching chong, wing wong, wink, wink, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, and remember that time I saw a Jew? Wow, I like money. Oy! You know, and it's just the laziest, you know, well, we're just going to go and mine stereotypes and and call it comedy, even though. We're not actually bringing anything to them. We're just saying that stereotypes exist. So, you know, obviously we don't mean them, even though someone who actually, you know, is racist would, wouldn't probably blink and go, yeah, Seth MacFarlane believes what backwards, backwater shit I believe. Woo! You know, and... We, we, we gotta talk about music, yeah. man. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, sorry. I, I go off on a rant sometimes on, on that, and I, I, I just think it's lazy writing but and it makes me sad because family guy used to be actually pretty funny as a sketch comedy show i I was still yeah i don't keep up with you know the new episodes but i'm still a family guy fan i've seen a handful of american dad episodes and i have heard that it is actually the better show but i still every episode was rough the first season was rough and i because i always hear that or when i see it i always think that this is 
Family Guy, but less, but not funny. Like I don't understand, but I guess <laughs> I'll have to spend more time with that. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you see like like from like probably like second or third season on. Like then go back, you know, because then once you kind of get the feel of the show, like those early episodes still aren't very good, but you can kind of still kind of get what they were doing. Yeah, Family Guy's it, it, like that too. I feel like the old animation where like the those jokes were terrible. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. he's wax fang. Uh, I I dug this. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. It, it very I like. It's kind of twangy. Yeah, they're from uh, um, Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky yeah. Like uh, Lexington. Oh wow! So, so they got the they got the they can back the back that back that twang up with some uh, you know back back that twang up with something. Um, I mean, this is yeah. I have in my little my my personal notes here. Um, this is what I wish Mumford and Son sounded like. Because I mean, it's it's got a lot of that bluegrassy sound, but it's it's doing something different with it, and I like that a lot. I'm, yeah, and I think like the one that like um, there's a lot of people who compare them to Pink Floyd, and I actually I can hear that a little bit, like sort of like the ramp into the solo on Majestic has sort of a either kind of a, a wish you were here the album kind of feel, but honestly, like I I kind of get more of a Ween vibe from that. Yeah, I didn't get any Pink Floyd out of this at all. I did. I mean, I think that I didn't get, I don't, I know virtually nothing about Ween, but, um, I think that the, in Majestic, like, I totally got that sort of in the flesh. So you thought you might like to go to the show vibe. It's got that theatricality yeah. to it. Yeah, I guess I could see that. I don't know. I, it's, I'm, I'm so out of the loop on like major Pink Floyd that, uh, I'm, I, it's, I think I might, I'm not picking up on, on it anymore, which is probably a good thing because I listened to a lot of Pink Floyd in <laughs> high school. I still love the hell out of Piper at the Gates of Dawn, though. I still haven't listened okay, to it. Okay, I think I have a pick for next week. <laughs> <laughs> Do a Pink Floyd show. You a Pink Floyd fan, Matt? Um, I, I am a uh, Pink Floyd well-wisher. And that you don't wish them any specific harm. I'm, yeah. I, I mean, I, I every once in a while, I go back to, and listen to, say, like, Dark Side or Wish You Were Here, but it's something that I, I really have to be in the mood for. It's not It's not something I can necessarily just, you know, put on. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I also, I had my big Pink Floyd phase was, was in college and mostly centered around the Roger Waters albums, but uh, yeah. As long as it, as long as it wasn't centered around the Roger Waters solo albums, because he only has one good solo album. Yeah, and the I, Pros I, and I Cons of Hitchhiking? No, Pros and Cons of Hitchhiking is oh. terrible, but it's not... Oh, okay. I, I've heard that that one is good, but I've never heard it, so now, I don't know. Uh, the good one is called Amused to Death. Oh, okay. And by all, dear God, if you value your sanity, don't ever listen to Radio Chaos. I think we <laughs> talked about this back in like episode two or something. Oh, well, yeah, remember yeah, whatever episode was one where we had the where we had to institute the no excessive negative talk rule. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't know if that you know I mean you know counts because I mean I was dissing you know Family Guy pretty hard there, so I don't know if that counts for things that aren't music. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> and I didn't even mention the Cleveland show, so there you go. <laughs> don't start. Don't start. Uh. <laughs> I don't even watch that one. That one was just too awful. Uh, no, it's yeah, I, don't, I don't understand what the impetus was for that. I mean, he's a good character, but like, I don't think he needs his own show, which is exactly, you know, the same family setup as Family Guy. Yeah, it's guys, guys, guys. Yeah. Seriously, I think it was just money, <laughs> music, music. <laughs> Archer, <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I like Archer, <laughs> and the show goes screaming off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> at, at the one year mark, uh. <laughs> I like it's like back to work in that way. <laughs> it's a it's just a show. Um, 
what has happened? Uh, yeah, I like the Wax Fang album. I think I like that sort of theatricality uh, that the the vocals have. So, and I was not, I did not realize that this was when did it come out? Oh, um, two thousand seven, I think. Yeah, it felt like um something much older. Yeah, didn't it have like a really like seventies? Yes. Like classic hit rock kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, like um when I when it, when the episode aired, I my actual like immediate touchstone was almost Meatloaf, which is weird because I don't really like Meatloaf. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. But you know, but it's like, wait, is this like some sort of like really good Meatloaf song that's gonna make me end up liking him and and you know re reappraise you know Paradise by the ba- Dashboard Light or something and <laughs> nope. Nope, it turned out it was Wax Fang, which is awesome. Yep, I approve. Yeah, about the only Meatloaf song I can handle is the song he did for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I've never been a Rocky Horror fan, but I do like uh-huh. the soundtrack, so. I don't even know if I have any Meatloaf in my thing. No, I listened to Bad Out of Hell for a couple of weeks when I was in I think school. we all did. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you're 15, here's your uh, copy of Bad Out of Hell. Um, and this is... Uh, when when you're done with it, just send it back, and we'll send it to another 15 year old. <laughs> I've heard that the uh, I have not watched it, but I've heard uh, from um, Monty, you know, our our uh, my friend who uh, facts fact checks us and and keeps us honest. Um, that even though he was never really into the album, the uh, classic albums documentary thingy was really good on Meatloaf. Uh, on yeah, on Bad Out of Hell. Hmm. I didn't know there was one. I think there there are a bunch of them on uh, Netflix, but maybe not all of them. Yeah, yeah, he he he's kind of fa- found that like sometimes like even if you don't care about the album, the the documentaries themselves are actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, so far I've only seen the um the one on Overnight Sensation apostrophe just because I'm a huge Zappa fan, and and I mean that was really oh. well done. But again, I'm coming from a Zappa fan standpoint. I haven't so. seen the documentary, but I did see the bit with Ruth Underwood doing the uh vibe the vibe solo from uh Pancake Montana? no from Saint Alphonse's Pancake Breakfast. Oh, Rollo that's right. Interior, yeah. And you know, she, she said she made four mistakes. I didn't hear any goddamn mistakes. What the hell? Yeah. And as it wasn't it like the first time she'd played vibes in like 10, 20 years on something or something yeah. like that. Cause, yeah. 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 I mean, she probably played it enough like times, the, especially in rehearsal, that it's muscle memory at this point. Like, you know, because you know how Frank abused his musicians. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you're saying. What do you call it? Um, the Asia episode, the Steely Dan classic albums, is very good. Also, I was just giving that a Asia another listen recently. Ah, uh, yeah, I need one. to watch that one because yeah, I mean, like I uh, yeah, Dan are pretty cool. So mm. as we as we already talked about, but <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. So I, I like I I've heard very good things about those, and the one that I've seen acts it up, and I'm I'm kind of curious to watch that one. Uh, well, the Asia one, of course, too, because that's another record I like. But um, I'm I am curious about the Bad Out of Hell one, so I might I might um cue that up sometime. So, weren't we going to talk about something else today, too? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we can sneak in, moms. <laughs> your mother. <laughs> We're going to talk about your mom. <laughs> <laughs> your mother should know. Your mother should know. Uh, no, didn't you want to talk about this track eight thing? I did want to talk about oh, this, yeah, this um, yeah. app that came out that does not apply to Matt. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's what iPad and iPhone only, and I have neither. Yeah, I was not aware of that when I suggested it, but that's okay. Um, so this is a app that I guess has been out for 
I don't know how long it's been out, but it was just updated, so it kind of was making the rounds uh, on Twitter and in the in the Apple universe. Um, and it's a it's just a, a music player. It's a replacement for the the music app on the iPad or the iPhone. And I've tried a few different uh, music apps. I've tried uh, whichever one Rich uses, and I've tried um, the one I one use called, is the uh, is the built-in one at this point. At this point, yeah. Uh, and I've tried Acute or Acute, um, and maybe a couple of others. But every time I tried one, uh, there would always be some missing feature that would autom- that would make me immediately go, nope, can't do it. Got to go back to the original. Um, usually, like the inability to turn on or turn off iTunes Match or something like that, um, or to hide all songs, downloaded songs, you know, or whatever. But this app is uh, really good, and I've actually been using it as my default music player for probably about a week at this point. And it's a completely different interface than uh, the, the stock music app. It supposedly has the, the Metro vibe. I guess that's a, a Windows thing, but it's very flat as all the rage now. But hang on, let me open it up here so I can actually know what I'm talking about. Um, the icon is okay. It's red with a music note, which uh, I don't have any other red icons on my home screen, so it looks um, pretty good. But uh, the it's very, I guess it's a flat design. It's very simple and very clean. Um, it's very fast in my experience, and uh, whereas the, the the stock music app can get kind of bogged down given the girth of my music collection title. Um, so, and you can, it's very album art oriented. You know, things flip around, and uh, the album art is very f- prominently featured. You can, the typography is very nice. Uh, you can, it scrabbles to last FM automatically. Um, before I was using. Uh, a separate app that would, ch- uh, whenever I opened it, it, would check my music app for updated play counts, which was kind of a pain in the ass. But this, this uh, scrabbles automatically, which is really nice. And it also has pretty nice social um, integration. You can tweet the song that you're listening to um, or post to app.net right from the app. And I think you can do Facebook as well, um, which is something I've been craving lately. Uh, as an, And I don't know why, given the, the universality of the share button in iOS, um, why you can't tweet what song you're listening to, especially since Twitter is baked into the operating system now. Uh, but so that's a nice feature. And um, overall, I haven't. And you can turn off uh, iTunes Match if you want to, and just see the songs that are literally on your phone, or you can look at your entire collection in iCloud. Um, so overall, I haven't really found anything to complain about it yet. Um, from time to time, uh, the tracks do not appear in. Um, like if I'm going to play a song. It gives you nice um, album artwork and play controls, but then you can also pull down to see the track list. And from time to time, the track list um, is not there, um, but hopefully that'll just be cleaned up in a, in a bug fix coming up soon. So, yeah, I don't mean to ramble too much about this music app, but I have yet to find something uh, wrong with it, and I uh, I like it a lot. It's I took a look at it. I didn't actually buy it, but uh, my, my main problem with using like third-party music apps on my iDevices I is... is yep. Is that um, you? Can, they don't update play counts. I don't know if maybe Track Eight does, but I know the other ones. Not, any all the other ones I've ever tried don't because they can't. Hmm. And so I do some stuff with Smart Playlist and and play counts, and I'm trying to whittle through this backlog of stuff that I have that's got a zero play count. And I know some of the gotcha. stuff in there that has zero play count of stuff I've played, but I must have played it in um, on queue or queue up or whatever the hell bizarre ios music app i was using at the time and it never got updated mm-hmm. so i'm like jesus christ i know i listened to 
to uh, stereotype A by Shibamato before I uh, since I reset my play counts. So yeah, I don't worry about play counts or, or much with smart playlists, so that's not a, a huge issue for me. Um, so yeah, there you go. You can customize the way track eight looks a little bit too. You can kind of flip the colors around and stuff. Yeah. Also, I'm not really fond of that Metro E UI. It just it looks it doesn't look right on my eye to me. I think it looks great. Yeah, I've only seen pictures of Metro and like on on uh, TV ads for Windows phones and and stuff. And it's one where I can kind of see where they're kind of going for, but it just seems cluttered and annoying to me. But <clears throat> I, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I've never used it, so that that take that with a grain of salt. I, I played with a Microsoft Surface for all of like five minutes, but there were five minutes that were enough to convince me that this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one of the perks of working in Times Square, of which there are very few, uh, was that when Microsoft did their Times Square service event, I got to play with one. Mm. And now I don't work in Times Square anymore, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, obviously this is not a Metro app. It's just, uh, you know, take some design cues from it. It's still an iOS app, so, which makes it good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Takes it a big old phony. <laughs> yeah, we got to get you into the uh, world of the eye devices, Mayor Matt. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with my um, Android, with my uh, Droid. <clears throat> I've got a Moto Droid uh, four, I think five, something like that. I don't, I don't really pay too awful much attention. It's like I, for me, uh, I think it might be partly because my eyesight is too bad to want to do do too much on on there just because it's so fucking little you know yeah, we'll get, sort we'll, of like... we'll get you get, we gotta get you an ipad <laughs> are you using omnifocus we'll have to this is something for off the offline but uh okay sorry <laughs> but yes i switched i'm switching back oh christ oh this uh track eight has uh launch center pro integration rich mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, play counts <laughs> Can you do um, smart playlists on uh, Track Eight, or is that you can't? Mm, well, I mean, it has it has playlists. I don't know if you can yeah, make one. You can't within the app really do smart playlists making them on iOS, but you can sync smart playlists, and they'll sync back and forth. So, like, uh, if I, I I have my um, smart playlist of five star tracks I haven't listened to in about a month, mm. and so when I uh, sync my iPod, my my iPhone, and my iPad, well. I just sync it to my iPhone because I stopped syncing music to my iPad. Um, it updates that. Okay. And whenever uh, I play those songs on the uh, iPhone and I sync it back, it, it marks those as played, and so those go out of the playlist and new stuff gets added on and that syncs over. Yeah, I'm I'm really annoyed with my, uh, just because uh, for, uh, with my iPod, um, that I do have, I do have that particular iDevice, I, I but um, um, with my iPod, um, for whatever reason, even though I have like you know update play counts and da 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 da, for whatever dumbass reason, it does not sync those anymore, and it hasn't for like. What a kind year. of iPod do you have? I have the um, it's the would it be the Nano, the one that's like the square one with the screen. Okay, I mean where it's all all one, it's all all a square screen. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Weird. Yeah, well, in, in, yeah, for whatever reason, it and it did that. I think with my previous one, which was just a um, shuffle, maybe a mini, because um, I think 
see, is the one with the square, is that the Nano? Yeah, the the last Nano was square, the new, man, the new Nano's like a teeny tiny iPhone. Okay, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I've got like the previous uh, Nano then, I guess. I, I, I don't keep track. All I know is I have like the smaller one. So and I, I used to have a um, um, old school shuffle, like the one that was just this kind of the pack of gum kind of thing. And then I had the one that was the square one that had the um, that was just buttons with no picture, which I think was another shuffle. And then I got sick of not actually having the ability to see what it was, because sometimes I put on stuff I haven't heard before. Or, or new stuff that I, you know, I want to go like, oh, yeah, what was this again? You know, that kind of thing. And so I got the Nano, I guess, with the, that had the screen on there. And that's what I've been using. But, like, I think even with the the square um, shuffle, it's still, for whatever reason, it might have not updated. So I don't know. if I guess if, I guess if anyone out there wants to do tech support for me or if this is, like, a known issue or something, just let me know. And with my totally, you know... Um, in-depth description of my system setup where it's like i got a thing that has like a screen on it uh. <laughs> oh yeah we should probably wrap this up and we forgot to talk about something very important mom mm. no which nobody's gonna hear because nobody's gonna make it this far into the episode <laughs> t-shirts we have crush on Re- oh yes go to teespring.com slash crush on radio and you can find the limited edition crush on radio t-shirt in black with the with our classic, classic black, black with I've got a crush on radio written across the chest. And it also likes it works if you like that one Biz Queen song. Yes. <laughs> so yes, buy one. Fifteen dollars American, cheap at any price. And, and shipping's only like yeah. a couple bucks too, like I think yeah. three. And so. uh yeah, there'll be a link to that in the show notes. Very prominent. Explain how the whole Teespring thing. Yeah, works, we have right? to sell uh, fifty of these, or they won't get made. But if they don't get made, I'll uh, just start the campaign again with a smaller goal amount of like eleven. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll we'll put the goal amount at whatever we actually sell. buy our shirts. <laughs> buy our shirts. <clears throat> buy our shirts. Okay, where can we find each other online, um, Matt? Um, I am at kittyseasons.com where I actually just posted a, a fuller review of the Wax Fang album in case, you know, this, you, you got sick of me rambling too much about fucking Family Guy. So <laughs> you can actually get like the, the concentrated all Wax Fang version of my review of uh, La La Land. I'm also on Tumblr at kittyseasons.com, Twitter at kittyseasons.com, AppNet as Kitty Sneezes. By the way, no dot com on the things that aren't kittyseasons.com. I'm, 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 uh, uh, I'm just fucking crazy today. Andrew. Mm. Uh, AndrewMarvin.net is the defunct blog. But you and, just posted uh, something on there. I, you're right, I did. I forgot about that. Uh, and Andrew Marvin on Twitter and App.net and Last.fm and such forth. And of course, I'm Sandspoint.com. Sandspoint on the Twitter and the AppNet and the thing and the thing with the thing. And we are CrushOnRadio.com. <laughs> Crush on Radio on Twitter. Crush on Radio on iTunes. Follow us. Or, oh, we're on the Facebook too. Follow us. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Tell your friends. We want people to listen. We're, we're tired of screaming into the void. Help us. No, we love you. That's the thing about screaming into the void is sometimes the void screams back into you. You just blew my mind. All right, guys. This has been fun. Go go spend the rest of your day with your mothers. Your mom loves you. <laughs> yeah. Your mom's got a special day all for her. <laughs> your mom's a very nice lady. Your mom probably got a card and some flowers. <laughs> All right. That'll do. Bye, bye, bye everybody. <laughs>